Help! 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 Accountants! Accountants are after me! Jason! Help! Help! I'll give you your money! I'll give you your money! Just stop! Yo, these accountants... Is that a chainsaw? No! Hello and welcome to Dorky and Desperate, your place for all things fantasy and sci-fi. I'm your host today, Jason, along with your co-host, our guest host, uh, co-host, <laughs> with Justin. Yay, Yay! Justin. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know what happened to Travis. Travis uh, was escorted into a car with some um, men in suits. It was very odd. Yeah, they had uh, Italian accents or something. I don't know. It's kind of weird, but I'm sure he's okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm <clears throat> sure he'll be back. Uh, hopefully with no broken bones. You never know with Travis. Uh, I know he owes bookies money and the uh, tax collectors, the IRS are after him. So we'll see uh, what happens to Travis. Um, but I'm honored to have you here, Justin. Thank for, you. Uh, the episode of Dorky and Desperate, episode five yes. of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan, as I like to say in the exactly. show. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so normally I would ask Travis, what's on the crystal ball today? Or the Magic 8 ball, depending on what ball we're using for today. But since he's not here, I'll just go ahead and share for us the agenda for today. Absolutely. Okay. So today... Since Travis was mysteriously abducted, and we don't know what's happening to him, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we are going to not be doing the news segment today and just diving straight into our spoiler review of Obi-Wan Kenobi Episode 5. Uh, this spoiler is for all things Star Wars that we know of in our head. So if you're afraid that something might be spoiled for you in the Star Wars universe at large then this probably isn't the show for you. Uh, come back when you feel more comfortable with it. Because anything is fair game in the spoiler review as long as it relates to Star Wars. If it's anything outside of Star Wars, we'll throw out another spoiler alert for that. Now, Justin. Yes. Rumor has it you are actually a huge Star Wars fan. Oh, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself when it comes to Star Wars? Oh, goodness. When I was just very, very little in a town far, far away. <laughs> yeah. Long time ago, right? <laughs> when the when the first movie actually came out, I would, me and my dad went to see the movie in theaters 14 times. Mm. So, yeah, I'm, I was, I'm definitely stoked and steeped. 14 times? Yep. Do you still have the ticket stubs? No, unfortunately, uh, no. I, sh I should have kept them. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, for me, the original trilogy, it, it's all, it's you know, it's all that. That's, you know, and I know some people be crazy about, but I, I actually did like the prequels. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, it, I'm definitely a fan. It's funny that you say that because I was not a huge fan of the prequels when they first came out. But now that I've gotten a taste of the new trilogy... I actually really appreciate the prequels a lot more now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, you know, yeah, a lot of it's like you look at who's directing and who's leading something, and you see a united vision, in a sense, yeah. for the first six movies that came out. Right. But when somebody else picks up, they, they want to make it their own. And, you know, for us purists from the old <laughs> days, you know, it can be kind of upsetting, but, 
hey, it is what it is, you know. Yeah, it is what it is. Well, when you have Kathleen Kennedy, Ryan Johnson, and J.J. Abrams all creating their own separate visions for Star Wars, it gets a little bit messy at times, I think. Whereas George Lucas, his execution may not have always been the best. His ideas were pretty much always solid. Yeah, and I mean, Star Wars, even from George Lucas, you know, it was meant to be about generations. Yeah. It was his vision, but Disney broke with that, you know, which I mean, which is fine. I mean, hey, they bought it, and they paid, what, $4 billion? You can pretty much <laughs> yeah, do yeah, whatever yeah. you want at that point. Yeah, if you've got $4 billion to throw out on a property. You know, and I mean, for those of us who, don't d- have if we don't like dollars. the new trilogy, we can just, you know, it doesn't exist in our minds, you know. Because you have all the legend stuff and all that just to enjoy. I mean, some there are some facts about the new trilogy that were good. I mean, some of the visuals were good. You know, some of the things were good. Um, mm-hmm. But to me, I think it they did not deal with the legacy characters in a way that I would have liked. Yeah. I And I promise, we're, listeners, we are going to get into the review. But just to respond to that real quick, I very much agree with how they handled the legacy characters. Personally, one of the things I've always said is I always thought it was so sad that you could not see the three originals back together one last time as like a send off, not only for the audience, but for the new generation to take over Mm -hmm. the star Wars franchise. I get what they were trying to do with it by have like one person each time step in. However, for someone who's been waiting for this for a really long time, you especially, mm-hmm. <laughs> a really long time, yep. um, it's not what we wanted. And I know there's the whole like, well, we want to subvert people's expectations. I get that. And I'm not a, opposed to that idea in theory. But I also, I also think it's okay to give fans what they want from time to time, too. I think that's fine as well. Give people what they want. Well, exactly. I mean, because if you give the fans what they want, They'll give you money, right? You know, I mean, <laughs> that's it's usually just, it's how it works, right? It's just what it is. I'll go see it again and again if it's what I want. If it's <laughs> yeah. not, then I won't. But I, I think for me, I would have preferred to see the old generation passing the torch yeah. to the new, yeah, and then that's the last you see of them. Like you know, like Luke's training his Padawans and what, and they're going on. Han and Leia are together, and they're sending off their kids you know and so it's it's kind of like a respectful send-off like they're passing the torch you know like yeah you know they're in their gold golden years you know i mean frontline combat's not necessarily going to be their thing anymore yeah so and just send it off I, that's what i would have liked to see um yeah i i 100 uh agree with you on that i think you and i share similar uh expectations for what we wanted in the movie that we didn't get um, so kind of like you, I just, you know, I don't really spend a lot of time thinking about the new trilogy. I am enjoying more of the TV shows that they've been pumping out. And although I don't think all of them are amazing, I us- I think usually they have a pretty decent standard to yeah. that. It's like, okay, this feels Star Wars to me. And it feels like they have a cohesive vision for the show and that it's going in a clear direction. Unlike the trilogies. Um, so let me ask you overall before we dive into this yeah. episode. Prior to episode five, how have you been feeling about this show, Obi-Wan? I actually like it so far. Um, it was kind of a bummer to see him like struggling to fight still. Uh-huh. But then it kind of makes sense. Like It's 10 years later. 
if he stopped using his lightsaber for a while, you know, he's got some rust. Yeah. And as we've seen in the episodes, he's getting it's getting he's getting back into his thing. You know yeah. what I mean? Because the way he took out the stormtroopers and stuff like that, he's getting back to it. So I mean, that makes some sense. I mean, a lot of us want to see him come out guns blazing, you know, and <laughs> uh, you know, it's not necessarily realistic. But yeah. I think. I think the way they've done the characters, it's a good series so far. I'm glad Ewan McGregor signed on to be the Obi Wan because too. because then you don't have to try to like make somebody that looks like him look like that him. would be way too awkward, you know, yeah. or you know, you know, because deep faking it is hard. I mean, with trying to do the CGI, it's just it's it's almost there. I mean, and I think the last Luke was pretty good in the Mandalorian. Yeah, but I think I bet know, that costs a lot of money to get him that way, though. <laughs> right, and I mean, if you and McGregor's willing to keep doing these series, why not? Yeah, have him do it until he's the same age as Alec Guinness. You know what I mean? Like exactly. I mean, and it's just, you know, I mean, I can picture a crazy old Ben out in the desert up to some hijinks. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I mean, he's still alive. Like he still has a life to live as he's watching over Luke. Right, because his entire purpose is. As I've seen it, understand is like from him and Yoda is they are there waiting to be able to pass the torch to bring down, you know, basically bring down the empire. You know, they're waiting for the opportune time. Mm -hmm. So basically, it's a waiting game for him. Yeah. You know, and so until Han and Luke and Leia, I mean, were old enough, him and Yoda are just waiting. Right. So, yeah, I agree. Interesting, though, when you talk about the deep fake stuff, I actually saw something on YouTube where they tried to do that. And it looked bad. I'm like, ugh. It looked gross. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like. it's, it's always hard when you're trying to do new technology, for, especially for people that have passed on, like yeah. um, Tarkin. I forget what the actor's name is. But the first Tarkin, a little, little off. Are you but, talking about in Rogue One? Yeah. Where they used the deep fake on, on him? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't horrible, but it was like, eh, okay. Yeah, like you can definitely tell it's CGI, but I honestly didn't mind it because, you know, I always felt watching the original trilogies and hearing people talk about the original trilogy, part of what makes Star Wars, Star Wars is pushing technology forward. Mm -hmm. And Rogue One did that because I can't think of another time where they brought an actor back in that way before. And I thought it was really cool, just the idea. And yeah, it's not perfect, especially in that one. But you can see where the technology could go, and I think that's super cool that they showcase that. Exactly, and I think it's respectful to the original actor, even though he's not here anymore. Instead of trying to get a different actor to play him, we're trying to make as close to him as we can. Yeah. You know, and so that, that says something to the dedication of wanting to keep it to the old movies, to the old canon, is that, okay, we, he's not around anymore, so we're going to do our very best to have something that looks like him. Yeah, to keep his memory and his performance alive. You know, to me, that says something, that your performance is so iconic that years and years after you're gone, people are still trying to recreate your performance rather than just hire somebody else to replace you. That tells me that, like, you did a phenomenal job. Like, if somebody did that to me, like, if I knew after I died somebody was going to do that because they just felt they could not hire another actor to recreate that same performance... I would be honored and flattered by it. But I know everybody else has different opinions on it. But for myself, that's how I'd feel. So it didn't bother me at all. Yeah, exactly. And especially to the family. I mean, for, I want to say they asked the family for permission to do so. I think they did. Yeah. And even for the family to see that Star Wars wanted to honor him like that, 
would make the fa- could make the family feel good. Absolutely. You know, I I think so too. And I know um, when uh, I forget the actress name who plays Leia, Carrie Fisher. Uh, when she died, I heard an interview with her brother, and her brother said, "Yeah, we wouldn't have any issues with her being recreated digitally." Because in their way, like one of the things he was saying is it keeps her memory alive mm-hmm. for people, especially newer generations as they come up kind of thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because I mean, originally the first movie, Carrie Fisher, was ni- I think she was 19 years old. Yeah. The she first was just movie. a kid. She you was know? just a kid. Yeah. And so it, I mean, she Star Wars spanned ver- basically her entire adult life as far as, you know, from begin- being in the beginning and then in the end. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So... Uh, overall, you say you like the show. What did you think of episode five? Did you enjoy episode five? I did. I, I mean, I, I, I enjoyed it a lot. Cause I mean, I was, I, I mean, of course we know third sister was a, the youngling that we signed up again. I mean, you know, kind of knew that. Um, I'm glad the grand, grand inquisitor isn't really dead. I mean, cause yeah, that, that would just violate all sorts it's kind of, of canon. A, yeah. It would, it would mess up what rebels and everything else like that. Yeah. And plus it be a punk way to, well i wouldn't say it's a punk way to go down but <laughs> it's a punk way to go down just get stabbed in the back that's <laughs> like well, more in the stomach but yeah, yeah but you know but they how obi-wan you know was obi-wan like he he put himself in danger giving other people the time so they can get away mm-hmm. you know and i mean and and leia i really like little leia because she you can see she, her mentality, how she's acting, is how the future Leia, like in Episode Four, is. Yeah, you know, she's her, she's her own person, and she's you know take charge or whatever. And so it's kind of cool seeing a little girl going, "Yep, I can see her t- that person that turning into Leia." You know. Yeah. So and I enjoyed that, and I mean, you know, seeing Darth Vader. I mean, just I liked it. I mean, just ripping parts of the ship off and and just oh, basically. Yeah. Yeah, that was so cool. And then on top of that, just punking third sister. I mean, he didn't even pull his saber out. I mean, no, it felt like John Wick and his like gung fu thing, but it was like force foo. Kind of like yeah, he 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 was making letting her know I can move you any way I want. Yeah, this fight's only gonna last as long as I feel like. (laughs) Right, exactly. You know, and and it it just shows how powerful Vader is because he knew she was not on his side. But yet he let her play her part for a while. Yeah, yeah. I love seeing Vader wreck people. <laughs> it's so. Oh, good. ever since Rogue One. I mean, you see yeah. Rogue One Vader. Everybody's like, "Oh, that's oh, awesome!" Yeah, it's you so know, I cool. mean, when the lightsaber lights up in the hallway, and then you see him walk out. Oh, it's and, so good. And it made Vader into the person that always the books and everything made him seem like was this guy that terrifies people. Yes. Well, from the first movie, you know, okay, he's not really scary, but you know. There was limitations back in the time. Yeah. But now you see him wrecking people. And yeah, now we know why people are terrified of him. Oh, yeah, for you sure. Know. And I think at the time of that first movie, the way Lucas had envisioned him was actually he's like this like pitiable character. He's not someone who's supposed to be like super scary. That's why Leia was like back talking him and everything. Although he does have like a really cool opening in that movie. But yeah. I feel the same way. Um, let's dive into the episode, and we can get into all the nitty gritties. So uh, we start out with an overhead shot of the city, and we see the back of Anakin um, staring out into it. 
So when I first saw that scene, I thought, there's no way that he's going to turn around. Like, we're not going to see his face. And then he turns around and we see his face. And I thought that was cool. Um, although he does look significantly older. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was definitely an older Hayden Christensen. Yeah. Yeah. And but what I what I liked about it is it showed Anakin's attitude. Yeah. Why he maybe gave in easily to being a becoming a vicious person. Yeah. Because I mean, you see him going at Obi Wan, and it's like, dude, we're sparring. We're not trying to kill each other. Yeah. You know. And well, and like some of the comments he makes too, like you could see that as just a young, immature, aggressive guy. But then you know this man turns into Vader, and you're like, oh, this has a whole different feel to it now because you know who he turns into and what he's done and the warning signs are there you see that yeah probably obi-wan should have stopped his training yeah you think because you're like this dude is not just aggressive he's what maybe vicious you know and that you know well it's because he's trying to honor qui-gon you know like and i think that shows a mistake in like okay you know someone Ask you to do something, but then it quickly becomes apparent that it's a bad idea. Like it's going south. Yeah, you need to be able to make your own judgment because right. obviously Qui Gon would not have wanted him to continue training and turn into Vader. Yeah, you know, but he couldn't see that far ahead. So no, no, absolutely not. Uh, the other interesting thing about this shot that I did not know until I was doing some research into the episode, but there's like a big building out there that Anakin's looking at. That apparently is the apartment building that Padme lives in. So when he's out there staring, he's looking out there and thinking about Padme when Obi-Wan walks up into the room. And I thought that's just such a cool oh, wow. yeah. little detail to to put in there to really like give fans something to like digest and process. I love that. I thought that was so cool. Exactly. I think I think that kind of attention to detail, that kind of this kind of good storytelling, you know, like when we see in the Mandalorian and it's just good storytelling. I mean, it's, you know, it's immersive. Yeah. You know, and it just, yeah, it makes you as a Star Wars fan happy. Yeah. And I love what they're, this is probably my favorite episode out of the series so far. Uh, we only have one more to go, so we'll see. But I loved how they kept bringing in the flashbacks to emphasize and lead into what the present story is doing. I think that's a good use of flashbacks. One of of the many mistakes they made in the Boba Fett show, which I know you have some strong feelings about that too, is uh, the use of the flashbacks just seems so out of place and unrelated to the overall story to me where it's like okay yeah that's that's great that you did this train heist but what does that have to do with now kind of thing it just felt disjointed i almost wish they had told it in just a linear story rather than what they did and i think for a lot of us at least i know for me i didn't want to see like i mean i figured both it was still decent you know Mm -hmm. but as a star wars fan i wanted to see the guy that had three or four lines in the entire first trilogy and was just menacing and was just all cool, just cool off the ch- charts back then. That's what I wanted to see in the series. I wanted to see him. He could have just wrecked people every episode, and I'd have been perfectly happy. Oh, yeah. You know, I wanted to see him in his prime, like still, you know, dropping people like it is in the <laughs> books and stuff like that. I mean, yeah, because that's what we want. I mean, they don't they barely would even have to have a plot. 
yeah. you know, just have him going on his different missions, you know. So crazy thing, a friend of mine sent me this uh, YouTube video. It's a fan-made film that's like 15, 16 minutes long, and it's Boba Fett. And it's really cool because it's Boba Fett and uh, who is that other bounty hunter that was on the ship where Invader was like, no disintegrations. Uh, Bosk was on there. Bosk. And who is the guy with the turban? Do you remember? That is um, Dengar. Yeah, Dengar. So it's Boba Fett and Bosk in a bar talking about no disintegrations and uh, how like Dengar got compensated after he disintegrated someone and Boba Fett's like ticked off because Vader told him no disintegrations and he like goes back and he talks about uh, an event side adventure that he had and so the film goes back and basically shows you that adventure yeah of it and it was super well shot I mean the actors you know it's a fan main film so not all the acting's the best but you could tell with the art direction and how they were going with Boba Fett you're like Oh, this is cool. Like, I want more of, of this. And then Dangar shows up too, and the three of them are talking in the bar, and then they leave to go out on an adventure together. And it's the way it was shot, the way all the characters w- were portrayed. You're like, yes, this feels like Boba Fett from the original trilogies right here. And he had way more lines, and he was talking way more. You never saw him take off the helmet, but you didn't need to see him take off the helmet. Exactly. Kind of exactly. I mean, it's like him in the helmet. That's part of who Boba Fett is. is. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's like Darth Vader without the helmet, right? You know, it's kind of like Master Chief. You know, right? I mean, you know, I mean, that is what it is. But you know, the mystique, the way he speaks, he doesn't say a whole lot. You know, and to be the one person that talks like, kind of talks back to Vader. Yeah, shows how impressive he is because Vader treats him, perhaps almost as an equal. Yeah. You know, and if you're a bounty hunter and that's how you're treated, you know you're bad. Yeah. You're you doing know. something right. You know, I <laughs> mean, you know you're formidable, wrong, like right. you're worth your money, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, well, I don't want to get too caught up in that. But one last thing I'll say about this shot is uh, if you look at the floor, it's got in his, uh, intersecting uh, or alternating bands of white and black circles which I thought, you know, maybe that's in reference to the duality between these two characters of Obi-Wan representing the light and who Anakin will eventually represent, which is the dark side of the Force. So I thought that was kind of cool, too. Another nice little detail. I think overall, the cinematography in this episode is so... There's I kept pausing because there were just so many good shots in this uh, episode. But uh, we... Ends, that scene ends with Obi-Wan saying, let's begin. And then it immediately cuts into, we get a close-up of Vader's fit mask while he's on his ship staring out the window, uh, which I thought, that's a cool way to start uh, an episode right there. And we see third sister arrive, and she tells him the tractor work. And he has her kneel and promotes her to Grand Inquisitor. So the second time watching this episode, one thing that I noticed was uh, if you look at Riva's face, she looks a little bit uncomfortable when she kneels, which makes sense because of what's later revealed in the show about her history and past with Vader and what happens to her later on. But I thought nice little detail work with 
with the character. Any thoughts you had on that scene? To me, I don't know. I almost kind of look back at it and go, I mean, yeah, she could become the, the Grand Inquisitor, but is she really tough enough? Like, no. <laughs> does she show the formidability to be a Grand Inquisitor? Like, because I don't know that she really fought a whole anybody that was really, you know. She just backstabs everybody. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm with you. So this, I've not been a big fan of Reva as a character. I just thought she oversold her performance as I'm tough and bad. Uh, like Vader, he walks into a room, everybody tenses up. He doesn't have to like yell and threaten himself. Matter of fact, if he were to do that, I think he would lose a lot of his intimidation. But when Reva comes in, she's like, what? And like, it's just the way she talks makes me feel less threatened by her. It's almost like she's trying to put on a front, which maybe that's what they're going for, for the character. But I, as a compelling villain of the show, she's not it. And that's what they tried to sell her as for the fir- at least the first half of this series is she's the main villain of this series. Yeah. And it, and it parts of it, like make you kind of wonder like, okay, she was a, like a youngling. We know she was young. Why is she trying to kill Obi-Wan Kenobi? It's like, yeah, you know, you don't find out until later. Okay. She, you know what? She's blaming him for everything that happened. But is she though? Because that's not what I heard in this episode. Like the closest I can tell is she's using Obi-Wan because she knows it'll get her to Vader. Yeah, you're right. Yep, yep. Yeah, so there's so, no real... I think she... I liked her as a character, but I think taking out the Grand Inquisitor so easily... Yeah. You know... A little disappointing. I mean, you would you want to see a bit, You want to see a fight, like where she actually yeah. shows something that, hey, she's exceptional in some way. Like, this is how she took somebody right. down. She needs to be taken seriously. And instead, she just... she The first two episodes, she just came across as... Moody, reckless, insubordinate, um, like just almost entitled, and uh, and everybody hates her. The good guys hate her. The bad guys on her team hates her. Nobody likes her. And I'm as an audience, I'm like, yeah, I agree with the bad guys. I, I don't like her either. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you have somebody on your team, you know, and you're out in the middle of nowhere, just the three of you. You know, sure, you're all four, you're all Sith, you know, acolytes or whatever you are. Yeah. But you want to know the guy beside you, you can trust them, that they'll do their job. Yeah. Now, okay, granted the Sith way of moving up the ranks, maybe like through assassination and stuff like that. But, you know, when someone keeps going off on their own. Yeah. The Grand Inquisitor, oh, maybe I would have liked him see her put her in her place. Like, really, like, really put him her in her yeah. place. Like, because if I'm the boss... You're doing what I tell you, or I'm, or I'm gonna like. Yeah, he just kind of lectures her a little bit, and that's kind of it, you know. And which almost maybe leads me to the why it was all a setup. Mm-hmm. Like, so he he did that because he wanted her to keep moving. Yeah, you know, and so it, you know, and I'd like to know how he survived getting stabbed in the stomach. You know, whether he was a clone or not or whatever. But I think she had a lot of well. She's not necessarily dead yet, but she she has a lot of potential. I mean, as a character, I think. So him being revived does have big ramifications because, and there's a comic that I want to read 
the so I think Marvel released this like Vader comic series and this show has really made me interested in wanting to go in and read that because there's actually a comic where he tries to revive Padme uh, and it, I think it fails somehow and but if we can bring this Inquisitor back from the dead or even the brink of death then Vader would want to know that because that's the whole reason why he joined the dark side in the first place was to bring Padme back. That was it. So I think that's a big deal. Uh, at least it would make sense from Vader's perspective. That's a big deal, but I still need to read the comics to figure out like what exactly happened and would that matter to Vader now, or is Vader just utterly convinced that there's no way to bring Padme back now? No idea, but that is something that I would say the show has done a really good job is making me interested in those comics uh, now. Well, and it, it leaves so much. I mean, they, they don't have to end with just this season. Like, I mean, they mm -hmm. could totally keep going. I hope they do. Because be like Star Wars, like anything else, is, is can be done like a Western. You don't need a very super overarching story. Look, just keep the guy generally doing what he does. Yeah. Give me new stories each week, you know, and... Mm -hmm. Or however soon, and it, you can keep it interesting because, like, it's one of those things you don't have. Like, you don't have to have this big grand vision. You can just keep doing whatever they do. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, I was kind of hoping they would do that with the movies too. Just have like random side adventures, like with Rogue uh, Rogue One. I mean, yeah, it connects in the end to uh, the main trilogy, but it's its own side mm -hmm. movie. You could never watch it and be fine kind of thing i really like that to me that's when it felt like it's most star wars was when you had that one-off adventure versus what the new trilogy felt like uh yeah so anyways uh we get a cool shot of the ship landing that has um ben and leia from the last episode in it we get a shot of the planet i forget the name of the planet i think they mentioned it a couple times but i i didn't write it down um and uh, the main character, I think his name is like, oh, what's his name? Uh, it's like Dinkin or something like that. Uh, anyways, I I know that's not his name. It's like Roken or something. But anyways, that guy, he comes out and he's like, we got her. And everybody's like, yay. I'm like, why, why are they cheering? But all right, whatever. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> everybody's happy that Leia's safe. Uh, Tala the lady that was a defector for the uh, empire goes straight to the robot, which I like that because a, I think that robot is cool. Uh, and B it shows that cause they kind of hinted at it in what was it like episode three, I think it was when like they're hiding out in one of the huts in the village and the stormtrooper comes in and you see the robot kind of like go for the hammer behind his back. Like you could definitely tell he's different than all the other droids mm -hmm. uh, in that area. And him and her have some kind of unique relationship, which especially with the way their story ended in the show, I wish we could have seen more of that. Cause I think that would have made their death even more impactful. And I really liked how they handled their death. I thought their death was one of the highlights of, of it just because of how meaningful they made it feel, even though we didn't really know a lot about those two characters right there. Exactly. I mean, cause it was like, that's a heroic way to die. I mean, yeah. that's, 
you know, if, if, if you have a character, especially ones that are beloved, if they die taking out the enemy to save others, that's a cool way to go. It is. I mean, you it's feel okay. classic. I, I am satisfied with that death. Yeah. You know? But if yeah. they slip up a banana peel and break their neck, well, that's kind of a letdown, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, but I, I it did it was great. And that robot was just wrecking people. I mean, mm-hmm. he he was blasting dudes and stuff, and it it was cool. I mean Oh, when he like punched the one stormtrooper, you could tell he like leaved his full weight into that punch right there, and that stormtrooper got shot flying. Mm. <laughs> it was you know, cool. and, and that is good stuff because yeah. I mean, a droid could be that strong. Yeah, you know, because they're not a person, so they can be. You know, they can can make them do whatever. Yeah, you know, so it. Yeah, they did a good job with this one. I I agree. Um, so uh, everybody comes out; they're happy. Um, we get to see Haja again. Obi-Wan talks to Haja, the guy from, I think it was episode two, who pretends to be a Jedi. Mm, uh, yep. We also see that family again that he uh, smuggles out, Haja smuggles out, which I don't know if you know this or not, but that kid, is, his name is Corrin. And I think in the original books, Corrin was one of the first Padawans that Luke had at the temple. Oh, and everything. Wow. And here's a kid named Koran who is also force sensitive. So makes a lot of people wonder like, was well, he the same one? Are they bringing that character back from legacy into the new canon? Yeah. If they brought Corrin Horn back, I think that's maybe yeah. who we were talking about. Yeah. He yeah. was in what X-Wing, the X-Wing series. Yeah. That, that could totally be cool. Yeah. Do I you mean, know a lot about that character? Not a, not a lot. I mean, okay. I remember, I remember reading the series and the X-Wing series was good. Yeah. You know, I mean, they could they could do series on that. I mean, yeah, honestly, they could have Luke um, do, setting up the academy and everything. Yeah, and, and just have or just have ty- or have X wing pilots have the adventures of Rogue Squadron. Oh yeah, out there as a unit. You know, like that would be cool. You know, because I mean, you have Wedge and stuff like that. You know, and all these yeah. guys and oh, that would be so cool. They weren't always hanging out with Luke, maybe. You know, so <laughs> yeah, you know, and that and. Then you're just watching a war movie, kind of, and it's you know it can be totally cool. You're watching some good space. Oh opera. yeah, because what I heard uh, inspired George Lucas to shoot um, the X wings and the New Hope the way that he did was stock footage of World War II uh, and the airplanes yeah. up there. And I thought, oh, that'd be so cool. And I I heard there were talks about doing a, a Rogue Squadron movie. I have no idea where that's going. And honestly, with the history that Disney has had with the movies, I don't have my hopes up with it because I feel like most of the movies they've kind of bungled. I think if they have Filoni and Fa- I think if they have Filoni and Favreau or whoever, I don't know who directed Rogue One do it. Oh, um, um, then I think you're in business, you know, because like I, maybe I was even talking to you, like, you know, you can tell Favreau and Filoni that they're Star Wars fans. Yeah. You know, because they're, you know, so as long as they do it, you're in good shape. And in my mind, uh, the way I see it is Dave Filoni is the George Lucas of Disney. And Favreau is almost like Dave Filoni is the Palpatine and then Favreau is the Vader. Like Palpatine wants Vader to go do things and then Vader's the muscle. He gets things done because the way I, I... I vision it in my head is, you know, Dave Filoni works side by side with Lucas. He understands Star Wars better than anyone else. 
at Disney, but uh, Favreau is an amazing director. And although I think Dave Filoni is an okay director, I don't think he's as good as Favreau is. Uh, and I think it shows in later works where Favreau isn't as big of a part of it. Because uh, Favreau works a lot on The Mandalorian. I don't really think he's worked a lot on the Obi-Wan series. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't think so. I don't remember seeing his name pop up. I could be wrong. I'd have to double check that. But that's how I envision it in my head with those two is uh, Filoni is the Palpatine. Favreau is the Vader. <laughs> yeah. And I, thing. and I think you always want, if you're having a movie, that like a movie series that spans generations, you want people that love the movie making it. Yeah. Like love the original stuff and all the original content and stuff like that. Because then they can keep the heart of it together. It'll feel the same. Yeah, it's hard because you need somebody who's passionate about the franchise but also has uh, great directing skills and can manage because it's really tough to get a film together or even a TV show. There's a lot of moving parts to it. So it takes a really special person. That's why I think Filoni and Favreau as a package work way better than the two of them separately do. Yeah. Uh, that's why I, I, that's why I think The Mandalorian is so good. I think a lot of it is Filoni and his guidance on what makes Star Wars Star Wars. And then Favreau and his understanding of, okay, what makes a show compelling and how can we shoot it and light it to make it even more compelling kind of thing. Uh, so anyways, we see Roken and Obi-Wan talking and Roken tells Ben they only have a few hours left. And he cites a bunch of mumbo-jumbo reasons. Who really cares? They just need something to keep the plot going. I'm cool with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like in Star Trek, they always come up with these mumbo-jumbo reasons to set up the plot for the episode. It's like, because otherwise, you just teleport everyone out every episode and problem right. solve. <laughs> um, uh, then we cut back to another cool shot of Vader. There was like two or three cool shots of Vader in, in this. Um and it's Vader staring into hyperspace. So this is another cool thing that I found out with my research that just deepened my appreciation of this episode. Is So apparently in Legacy canon, if you stared out into hyperspace for long periods of time, you are at risk of going mad, crazy, insane, that kind of stuff. And I don't know if they were referencing that by having Vader just staring out because that's what he's doing. He's staring out into hyperspace as it's uh as they're traveling and everything just kind of lost in his own thought and i think that's super cool because it shows how broken he really is that this stuff can't make him crazier than he already is uh so i i i like that uh i didn't know that about legacy does that you're f more familiar with legacy than i didn't I know about that even about okay. the, yeah i mean i read it in an article online so who knows how true it was but if it is true that's cool yeah i mean because i'll Anytime they put in those little Easter eggs or stuff like that, that the people that really know the details, you know, really well are like, Oh, I know that. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know? And so, yeah, I mean, granted most people aren't going to see it, mm -hmm. but some people are, you know, and people like that are going to appreciate it and they're going to maybe post it. And Oh yeah. And then deepen other people's appreciation of it. Like that's what I felt researching this episode was like, wow, I really appreciate this episode so much more now that I know this. Cause I'm like, wow, you just really get 
a better idea of how much work and thought they put into the episode. I think the lady who directed it, her name is like Deborah Chow. And she's done a lot of work on The Mandalorian too. And I think she's one of their better directors that they have uh, in it. I So far, I really like her work. Um, so Vader orders a lockdown of the facility that Ben and Leia and everybody else is at. All the people of the path. Um, we see a shot of the, what's her name lola the little robot that oh yeah leia yeah. has um flying off and sabotaging that so that the big hangar doors won't open and so that they're trapped in there uh we cut to ben kind of like walking around and he sees uh some lightsabers but he also i didn't hear a lot of people talk about this but it makes me wonder he picks up and stares at this brown robe for a little bit and if you remember A New Hope, what does mm-hmm. he wear? Yep. <laughs> he wears a exactly, brown robe. Yep. So I'm like, is that where he got the brown robe from? <laughs> from I mean, there? <laughs> that would be totally cool if that's how he did it. I yeah. mean, I don't know if they'll ever tell us. But yeah, that would be cool if how he did it. You know, Yeah. You know, because it's, again, it's those Easter eggs that other people might not pick up on. But somebody else going, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Brown. <Is> brown. <laughs> yeah. That could be it. <laughs> that's it. Um, who knows? Um, so we... Um, hang on, I lost my spot. Oh yeah. So, anyways, after the robot shuts the door, Lola, uh, Ben says that the next attack is um is coming because that's what Vader does. He he attacks, and he doesn't have patience for a siege. Um, I think the guy's name is Horkin. I don't know. I'm probably butchering his name, but he asks, "Well, how do you know that?" And then it cuts in back to the fight scene. I thought mm-hmm. such a great segue. This goes back to like the idea of flashbacks are telling and highlighting more of the current story. And I think that's such a cool use of flashbacks. Um, it really enhances the storytelling. Um, but we see Ben and Anakin fighting again. And Anakin, I wrote what down what he said. He said, mercy doesn't defeat the enemy, uh, which is why you're going to lose. And, uh, and, and to be fair, in that fight, he definitely had the upper hand on Obi-Wan and that. And then we get another cool shot of Vader. This time he's staring at the planet that they're on. And you get this cool reflection of Vader's face in the mirror. Like you don't actually see his face. You see the back of his head. But you see his face through the reflection. And then you also see the planet right next to his face. I thought, wow, that's a cool shot right there. Like Deborah Chow, A plus on that oh, shot. Nice. Yeah. You heard it here first. Deborah Chow exactly. gets an A plus. Exactly. <laughs> um, and then we go back to Ben on the planet, and he makes a speech about the Empire uh, being better armed and better equipped than them. And I'm like, not the best way to rally the troops to start out rallying the troops uh, by saying we are vastly outmanned, we are vastly outgunned. Um, but hey, it works. He does that and he basically says, hey, we need to lock everything down. We cannot let them in. If we let them in, we lose kind of thing. So he rallies the troop uh, and he's trying to buy time so that they can figure out how to open the door. Um, 
we get another cool shot of shuttles coming down landing, including Riva's, which I really like the way Riva's land because hers, it's like you're staring up at the shuttle and it lands directly on top of you. Like it just closes out your field of vision and yep. everything to pitch black. I thought that was a cool shot. Do you remember that shot at all? No, I, I remember wondering when I first watched the two, sh- what were shuttles leave the starship. I'm like, are those TIE fighters? Like, cause at first you can't really tell it cause it's so small. Yeah. You know, so I, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think this, the way they assaulted the place was, it was kind of neat how they had people around, but you had a whole bunch of guys just standing out, out in the open. Yeah. But yeah, you know, totally. Uh, yeah. I mean, that part was, uh, you're talking about like when you had a bunch of stormtroopers just standing outside the door. Yeah. And, and like, a part that was cool is they had those black storm, black stormtroopers, you know, their black armor and stuff like that. They weren't yeah. death troopers, but they were they were something special. Yeah. Do you know where they're from? No. Okay. So, I, I know you're not like a huge video gamer, but there's a video game called Jedi Fallen Order. Your main hero is a Padawan who escaped, and his name is Cal Custis, I think is his name, and he goes on a journey where like they're trying to find this like box that has a list of all like the known force sensitive kids so that they can restart the rebellion and everything. That's like the plot of the show. And uh, he fights those things because the inquisitors are in that game as well. And they're like special troops that are like stronger than uh, normal stormtroopers. Oh, nice. Like if you watch, if you go back and watch, it's really funny Obi-Wan has to hit them twice before they fall down versus all the regular stormtroopers. He only has to hit them once <laughs> kind of thing. So it takes two swings instead of one swing. Well, and that's cool because it shows that the Empire does have like special troops. Like, like yeah. you know, and, you know, the stormtroopers get a bad rep, but, you know, I watched... Um, well, this episode doesn't give them any favors. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, you, you know, you're facing a hero. So, I mean, you got to figure, okay, you know, you're facing like one of the premier fighters in the galaxy. Yeah, you're going down pretty fast against this guy if you're just a regular Joe yeah. Trooper, you know. <laughs> yeah. But it was, yeah. Yeah. It was amazing because I, I watched a video about a guy went back and did the opening scene of episode four, episode four of the original trilogy when the Stormtroopers oh. go in. Yeah. And he said, despite... Like he said, he checked the, he checked the shot count. The stormtroopers were killing someone like something like every a stormtrooper was killing a rebel every third shot. Really? Yeah, that's and, actually pretty good. And or every fifth, it would you know? And but the rebels were like at one every twentieth. And there, and he said like despite having to come in through a choke point, only two of them get like or even maybe one or two get dropped at that choke point, and the rebels are getting hammered. And yeah, they, and they'll lose one other guy later. Yeah. So you got to figure. So that's where I think they showed stormtroopers when they're really doing their thing. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like they get progressively worse and worse as more and more Star Wars stuff come out. But we'll we'll go into that because I'm referring to a specific scene. There we go. Uh, so Obi Wan says, "Let's get Leia in the vent because everybody else is too big for it." And Obi Wan's like, "I trust Leia. So if you trust me, trust her." Which I thought that's cool. You know, it shows them really developing their relationship, especially when the last episode you see her holding his hand as they're like leaving together. I thought that was a really sweet scene. Uh, and then Ben gets a message from Bail Organa, 
which basically when I saw that message, I'm like, man, Bale, I thought you'd be, you know, maybe use a little bit more code <laughs> in your message of what you did because you were basically like, hey, I haven't heard back about Leia and I know Owen's over there with the other kid, so I guess I'll just go check on him <laughs> until I hear back from you. <laughs> yeah, you definitely need to be hoping Imperial Intelligence is not doing their job that day. Yeah. Like, eh, it's probably nothing, you know. I'm surprised he didn't like, I, I guess I'll go check Owen at 432 Boulevard Lane, <laughs> Tatooine. Yeah. Um, it's a good thing he has brown hair. It looks like this because, you know, it blends with everybody else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we get that message. And then Tala comes in and she talks about her history. You know, this to me is set up and then for the payoff later on to make her death more tragic mm-hmm. about how she was there when they slaughtered. They killed like four families and it was like 14 people, six children. And that kind of stuff. Um, and that's what caused her to defect from the Empire. Which it's nice to see that. Because all too often, like in episode four, <laughs> you know, uh, Reva's like, hey, you two, grab this eight-year-old kid and take her to the torture rack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, okay. I'm like, uh, in that episode, I, I asked Travis, like, I wonder how much... You have to pay a guard to be like, all right, cool. <laughs> like, eight-year-old in the torture room? Gotcha. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, well, people figure, are just so easy to go along with this stuff. I think, like, if you're, especially if you're part like part of the Inquisitors or if you're working aside that, yeah, they've chosen you for maybe not so much your fighting ability, but your political reliability. Like, you're on board with their program. Like, yeah. So, you know, you're going to have the people that don't care about doing stuff like that. They don't care about war or crime and stuff like that. They're like, mate, if it, if it helps the Empire win, I'm on, I'm all for it. Yeah. Well, I feel like it's, they like must measure some sort of like gullibility in a person because you hear earlier on in that episode, two stormtroopers talking and, and one of them's like, man, this place gives me the creeps. <laughs> so like clearly the, you know, even the stormtroopers are like, this is kind of weird messed up uh, right yeah because you see those bodies and what look like amber or something yeah, like that you know and yeah you know and yeah it's do you think those bodies are dead or do you think they're being preserved i heard talk about that you know it could be either because i mean it's not your traditional carbonite you know yeah. look to it but if it's another form that preserved them maybe I think they're dead because one, that kid that they have in there, he looks like one of the kids from the temple. Yeah. So that makes me so think that they're dead. So it's really creepy trophies at that point. you know. Super it's like, weird. Imagine being Riva living there and you see your dead childhood friend on like display. Super weird. Although I did hear an interesting theory about that is maybe that's all part of the testing and researching that they're doing with forced cloning. Um, yeah, which that does play a part in the new trilogy as much as I hate it uh, of bringing Palpatine back. Papa right, Palps, because you wouldn't need to keep them alive. You just need the genetic material. Yeah, and you so know, at that point, them. so yeah, so you just take a little bit, figure it out, you know, and go on, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is. It does show almost like a, gosh, almost like. I don't know, World War II Nazi, like, experimentation type stuff. Like, you know, the depths that people will go to mm-hmm. to, to be more powerful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
Um, Tala says to Obi-Wan, some things we can't forget, but we can fight to make them better. And I like that line because I think that was in terms of Obi-Wan's character progression because in the beginning he's kind of defeated and hopeless and really reluctant to engage in the force like seeing her example of how even the face of the horror she has to go through she's not giving up and she's using that to help make the world a better place for herself you know what i mean exactly she didn't give in to despair of wow i was a part of that yeah she's like okay i wasn't able to do anything about that but I can do something about these things now. Right. You know, and so it, she doesn't like wallow in self-pity like, oh, I'm such a terrible person. I have to do all these things about you. You know, it's all my fault. She's like, because that, that ain't going to help you. That's not going to defeat the bad guys. Yeah. What does is that you get back on your feet and you go, okay, now I know the truth. I'm going to do the right thing from here on out. You know, and that can motivate people, like people that have lost their fire like Obi-Wan has. Right. Like, because he sees like, wow, okay, there's another person. Okay. Okay. It's not, it's not hopeless. Right, and because you think about Obi-Wan's character and what he's struggling in, Qui-Gon asked him, his dying wish was for Obi-Wan, who loved this man, to take care of this child and raise him to be a Jedi. He then tries to, and this child grows up into a, a genocidal maniac who kills anyone on a whim kind of thing. Like He feels like an utter failure and that he probably did more harm than good and that's why he's so reluctant to in the beginning to engage in the force see to me that makes way more sense why somebody would cut themselves off from the force than what we got in last jedi last jedi like yeah luke went through some hard times and everything but ultimately he chose right and he saved the galaxy it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me how he would just cut himself off from the force the way that he did. Yeah, I mean, being being a fan and having read the books that are not canon, as far as I know, you know, we know that he goes on to create an academy and he has a student that goes bad. And But, mm-hmm. you know, it's one of those things, like you can put every good intention into a person, but it's still their responsibility, their choice, whether they do the right or wrong thing. Yeah. You can do everything right in training somebody and that person could still turn out to be a you know, like a Vader. Yeah. You know, because, you know, Obi-Wan, I mean, the only thing, the only mistake he made with, with training Anakin is that he kept training him. Like, after you see the warning signs, we need to stop, put a pause on this, you know, and have like Master Windu and, Mas, you know, Master Yoda, like, okay, he needs to get the mercy side of what we do. Like, yeah. you know, Jedi are about defense, not attack. Yeah. You know. Well, and, and part of the reason, too, was because of the, Jedi code and everything about how they're not able to have relationships. And I get it from Anakin's perspective because Anakin uses his relationship with Padme to help motivate him to fight even more to protect the people that he cares about. But because he had to hide it from the Jedi because of their code, it gave an opportunity for Palpatine to manipulate Anakin yep. and convert him. Oh, exactly. Had they not had that, I don't know if he ever would have turned into Darth Vader. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, and if they would have allowed relationships, you just have to have them know that, and their families know that, hey, this is part of the, this is part of the program. People are going to be our enemies. And yeah. they're not necessarily going to come after the Jedi. They might come after your families because those are softer targets. Right. So you and your family need to understand this is a possibility. Yeah. You know, and so 
then they go into it with open eyes and they can decide, okay, well, do I want to do this? Right. Do I still want to be a Jedi or do I want to be married more? You know? Yeah. So yeah, part of, part of that, something that strict and unyielding, it's like, it's, 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 it's a hard thing. I mean, to be a, like be basically a monk. Yeah. It, you really got to want it. Yeah. You know I mean? And, and you've really got to be mentally stable and ready enough to handle it. Mm-hmm. You know, which Anakin with his swirling emotions, especially after what he killed all the Santa people, massacred them, and nothing, yeah. nothing really comes of that. Like <laughs> he slaughtered them like animals. You know, Padme stays with him. You know, yeah. and like and like, how do you stay with someone, Justin? If you were dating someone, right? Like you just getting to know them, right? And then one night they come to you, they're upset, they're distraught, and you're like, "What's wrong?" Because you want to be a good boyfriend to them, right? And they're like, "Ah, these people." They killed someone that I loved, so I went and I wiped out the whole neighborhood. <laughs> Would you go? Yeah. Oh well, you're obviously going through a lot right now, and you're probably just misunderstood. <laughs> or, or would you go? Oh my god, I need to call the cops right now and get out of this house. Well, it's one of those things. Like, I mean, if you just took revenge on your enemies, yeah. you know, I mean, maybe okay, okay, that's that's still not good that you off a bunch of people because yeah. okay, that's against the law. Yeah, you know. But you could understand if he went directly after the same people that did it. Yeah. But yeah, he killed everybody. Though even the children, especially when it gets to the children. Okay, they weren't. They didn't do anything. Yeah. What did the children do? You know. Yeah. I mean, well, or the women that were taking care of the children. What did they do? You know, that shows someone that's out of control. Well, I mean, that's there's something broken, or he's out of control. Like he is not in control. Like even if you still love them, going okay, I can understand what happened. Yeah. You know, but this. This is not, this is not good. Yeah, we need to get you help. Like even this if, is beyond not good. <laughs> I mean, like next it, level stuff. It's just like yeah, when, like okay, you know they know about his mom, you know, and yeah, wiping out everybody in the village. It's just like yeah. yikes. Yeah, like the baby in the crib. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, like, and I even watched like something on funny on YouTube. Like they made like a, I don't know if it's a hishi or something like that. But they're like, yeah, they show Padme going, yeah, we'll stay with a guy like that. You know, like after <laughs> after he tells her, you know. Yeah. And it's like, you know, and yeah, it, it's just. It's, it's nuts. But anyways, going back to the uh, episode, Obi-Wan offers to help. And she brings up the guilt that he feels. And I really like Ian McGregor's performance. I mean, his performance overall is really top notch but just like his subtle facial reactions to thing i think are so good like just so like i don't know ian mcgregor has always been a one of my favorite actors i think he's just really talented i don't know if you've seen him in a lot of other stuff or not i don't know that i have but i saw him in a documentary they did about him riding a motorcycle like around, oh, the, yeah, I wanted around to the world. That. Yeah, I wanted to see that. How was it? It's good. You you see, he's he's a he's a person I think that has a soft heart because he's like they're in Russia, and uh-huh. they see a bear, and the Russians guys just shoot the bear because there that, that could be like I don't know a day's pay or a week's pay. Oh wow! But he's like, you know, like he was upset that they did that. Really? Yeah. So I think maybe he has a soft heart as a person. Like, yeah. like maybe he really would be a good guy. Like you know, he would care about maybe seeing something that he thinks is senseless and being upset about it. Right. So I think, I think maybe for him acting this kind of acting 
might come as just being himself. Maybe. Maybe. You maybe know. he's just tapping into something inside himself. I hear a lot of good actors and actresses, they do that. They tap into, they find a way to connect emotionally with the character so they can tap into that so they can emote properly when well, they're in that scene. Yeah. I don't know if it was Mark Hamill talking, but yeah, like, like he was telling him like a Jedi wouldn't do these things, you know, like, so, like, like, so Mark Hamill, even after all these years was still invested in how his character was, you yeah. know, and that's good to have an actor that's invested in the character. Cause it, I don't know what it adds, but it's a good thing as far as I'm concerned, you know, yeah. I, I, cause I like, I like actors that talk about their characters positively, like in the future, like they really, in, oops, sorry, they really enjoy it, you know, um, cause you know, we, well, we know Harrison Ford wanted Han Solo to die, like <laughs> yeah. back in the first movie. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like okay, I still love I mean, Harrison Ford. Hey, I still love his acting. I still, you know, yeah, I don't agree with that decision. But, but it's kind <laughs> of a bummer that he, you know he kind of wanted to get off. You know, it's like okay, but yeah. uh, Alan Rickman, you familiar with him? Maybe he I've played Professor Snape in Harry Potter, and he was the main villain in the first Die Hard movie. Oh, okay great actor really bummed out when i heard he passed but uh he had he was uh recorded in an interview one time and he's like the person interviewing him said what do you think about how you're always casted to play bad guys in movies and his response was i don't play bad guys in movies i play interesting people (laughs) right exactly because you look at the bad guys and they usually always have more cool points they have so many cool points they have the cool music yeah they look cool oh yeah you know i mean it would be fun to play the bad guy because you're playing the guy that has all the power yeah you know you're not the plucky good guy that's okay well i gotta and he's I gotta so predictable and so boring like you always know he's gonna do the right thing kind of thing like right. the bad I guy mean, gets to have fun you know let loose exactly and especially when they're smart bad guys like i mean mm-hmm. like because like i watched at least one movie i think it was called heat it had al pacino in it they were the bad guys and I was rooting more for them than I was for the police trying to catch them. Cause they, you know, there was just something about them that was just so cool Yeah, that it made me want to cheer for them, you know? Um, and so, yeah, even if you play a bad guy, people, a lot of people still love you. I mean, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? People love Boba Fett, you know, I mean, you, most, most of the people probably see him as a bad guy, yeah. you know, and Vader is just now with the new movies, he's just awesome. So it's like, you know, yeah. everybody likes Vader, you know? So it's, Loki from the Marvel. Exactly. Like Loki. People love Loki. Oh, I love that series. I mean, they got to do, they, they, I wanted at least twice of the episodes. I mean, yeah. Giving me six is like having one piece of pizza and not being allowed to have any more, you know, it's just, I know. it's just depressing, but I hopefully know. they have like 10 more seasons or something like that. You yeah. Know, I'm sure they'll have at least one more season. Who knows? Um, anyways, so, uh, they need to stall for time. Ben says that he's going to try negotiating to stall for time. And he talks with um, Reva. And that's when he makes the connection that she's a Padawan. And um, in my head, I'm like, yeah, we all know that. <laughs> we figured this out like episode one, <laughs> I think. This is what everybody was like. Is she the girl from <laughs> the opening? Because otherwise, why do you have that opening mm-hmm. scene of this movie yep. or show, right? So we get to see more of that flashback and um, from her perspective, which I thought was really cool seeing it from her perspective of Anakin coming in and just taking them out. Like they showed way more of him taking out kids in this than they ever did in the movie. 
which I was surprised for Disney doing that. I didn't think Disney would, but yeah, usually they're more into killing moms or something like that. You yeah, know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bambi, you know, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, and I liked how they showed how Obi Wan was good at thinking outside the box, or yeah. and, and also knowing his opponent because he knew how Vader thought. He knew how Anakin thought. Yeah, he knew Anakin's not going to wait. You know, and he used it against, you know, he, he was able to maybe use it against him. Yeah. You know, and even in New Hope when he's like, there are other ways to, to do, fight. You know, like he's he's such a good character because he think he can think outside the box. He can outthink you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is what he eventually does, because even though Reva, um, you know, brushes aside his offer of help later on when he gets when he turns himself in, uh you know, he convinces her to help him with Vader, even though she won't work with him kind of thing. Um, so she cuts through the door after that conversation, which made me think, well, why didn't she just do that from the beginning? But hey, you know, we won't think too hard about that. Well, uh, I mean, anytime you can fire big guns, I mean, you might as well. I mean, it is the American way. It is. It truly <laughs> yeah. is. You know, I mean, wasn't quite J.J. Abrams style of right. stuff, or Michael Bane. Yeah, Michael that Bain. I love some yeah. Michael's ex- explosions. But, yeah, that's Michael Bane. I mean, Bain. who doesn't like a good explosion? <laughs> who who doesn't want to see a Michael Bay directed Star Wars movie? <laughs> exactly. I mean, you know there's going to be just nonstop blowing stuff up. It's like, Oh, it's going to be planets blowing up left and right. I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, let's do it, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, she cuts through the door uh, and all the stormtroopers come and Obi Wan does a cool force push though and pushes her way back, but the stormtroopers still charge in, and I've never seen worse shooting in my entire life. If I were to give any kind of like critical feedback for this episode, it would be this scene because if you've played a first-person shooter at all, you know everybody in that room is dead at that point. There's no way they can miss you. They're almost point-blank shooting at you. You're stuck in a room. You're dead at that point. And yet, I think I counted one person dying from that initial assault. Every other shot missed. Um, There was one person that was injured, but ultimately saved and carried out by Obi-Wan. And then later in that hallway scene, Tala dies when she blows herself up with a thermal detonator. Yeah. Two people died in that assault. And I'm like, okay, I know stormtroopers are bad shots, but come on, they're not that bad of a shot. It kind of makes me wonder hearing that, like, did Vader give her the least effective troops? Like, like I'm going to set you up so I know you fail. You know, like, (laughs) send the least good troops. Because, yeah, you can imagine, like, any professional military attacking that. I mean, if they have cover and stuff like that, it could be hard. But when you have, like, what, how many stormtroopers were there? 30 or so? Are these stormtroopers, like, nearsighted? Like, how did they miss that many? You don't even need to aim. You just point in a direction and start spraying. You're going to hit someone. Well, I think they must have turned, the the good guys must have turned on the plot armor cheat code. (laughs) You know, so that, like, okay, I can't die because I'm not supposed to. Right. You know, but I think, like, you almost sometimes, if you make the bad guys really confident and they have the reputation for it you almost have to make them somewhat i don't know but maybe in some ways inconfident so that the heroes can live i guess you, but you could have had a couple more people die that's all i'm saying oh you yeah, yeah. Had, no i mean they could like have had, four or five people die they could have had only a couple reva get out like yeah. her and one or and one or, and one other person get out yeah have a bunch of rebels get dropped yeah you know um 
But hey, you know, I it didn't really bother me any. I mean, I mean, it, it didn't bother. Although me I did, a I think ton, I maybe but... I did notice like, wow, one person's dead. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> okay, whatever. You know, yeah. I mean, ultimately, I would take that for what we get with Darth Vader at the end of this. I'll happily take that. But I do think Deborah Chow is an awesome uh, director, and I do think Obi Wan should be one of their flagship shows like to me in my mind because obi-wan is such a beloved character and ties so directly with the main trilogies Mm -hmm. his show should be on the same level as the mandalorian in terms of quality and production you know what i mean like he had like that is should be one of your main shows so i am going to bring out all the little points not because i still don't like the show but because i want them to do better at it you know what i mean right Right, exactly. I mean, they're in anything. I mean, you, you know, they should be looking to improve. They should be right. critiquing themselves, looking at it, you know, and not being satisfied with what. Oh, I did, that was good. All right, you know, because someone who's into anything, you know, like, you know, for, or, or him or forty k nerds or yeah, yeah, you know, Star Wars Legion or something like that. Present, you know, um, yeah, you're blowing the money not to lose. <laughs> you're blowing to get do. You know, you want to be good at it. Yeah, you know, you and I think be maybe best. for the same way, if I'm a director. I want my work to be the best possible. Why? Right. Not because I want to beat everybody else, because it's mine. Yeah. This is me. You know, this is yeah. my, I mean, I'm going to be part of the, one of the biggest franchises in history. Yeah. I don't want my work being going, going, yeah, that was one of the junk ones. <laughs> and we have the good ones over here, you know. Yeah. But I think, I think Disney is waking up. I think because they're putting more people like Favreau, Floney, you got Chow in there. You know, like letting them run the show because they make it work. Yeah, I think they're really building it up. I hope that they're able to translate it back to the movies at some point uh, as well. Because I would like, honestly, I know this would never happen, but I would love for them to just do a hard reset on the new trilogy. I know I know that's not going to happen. That's it, never going to happen. As an original fan, I mean, I would like that because it would bring back my my childhood like how i want it <laughs> yeah you know but at the same time i mean it doesn't make, necessarily make the new movies bad mm-hmm. but it, it for us purists those of us that liked it like it was yeah it's too much of a shock of how different it is yeah you know so i mean it's not necessarily you know i mean that did bad or good either way but i i would have liked to see the story and the theme stay consistent yeah. Not change it. Because I understand that wanting to make it your own and change it. But you really don't have to because all you got to do is put out that new content that followed the old story. And the kids, the people that are millennials and stuff like that, that are just born now, they haven't seen the old movies. So it won't matter. Yeah. They're seeing matter. the new content. It's still good. And the old fans are happy. Mm-hmm. But in the end, I mean, if you buy it, it's yours. Yeah. And it's your vision, you know. And, you know, for purists like me, it's, 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 it's almost like being having scalding water thrown on you. You know, it's like, <laughs> no, yeah. you know, but I think, you know, I think it's definitely rescuable. I mean, you can do, there's I a don't lot. think that new trilogy is <laughs> rescuable. I think that new trilogy is so bad. <laughs> I mean, you can always have Luke wake up and it was all a nightmare, <laughs> yeah, you know? Like, I, yeah. That would oh, be amazing. <laughs> that would have stunk. If that yeah. happened. <laughs> you know, yeah, if only, um, anyways, so, oh yeah, this is, speaking of which, this is where we get like that awesome uh, droid punch, which I'm like, man, that that guy should play, uh, he should be a pitcher for a baseball team, the way he threw that punch. Um, 
I really did enjoy that scene where like when the droid is getting shot and he's about to die, he turns to protect Tala and you see them make eye contact. And I just thought the music was so well done in that too. And the lady who played Tala, she is also in Game of Thrones. Oh. And I really liked her in that. There was a character who died in this like horribly brutal way. And her scream and look of horror is what sold that scene to me. I was like, oh my God, like that's terrible. And uh, I thought she did an amazing job in here as well. Uh, I think she's a really talented actress too. Uh, and then she uses the thermal detonator. Yes, <laughs> finally the thermal out. detonator gets used in the way it was intended, <laughs> yeah, you know. Exactly. But it's kind of like, yeah, I thought it was cool because like, okay, she knows she's going down. Right. She's going to take the bad, bad guys out, buying the good guys some time, you know, and... She was awesome. I it, 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 really it enjoyed was. her character. It was very heroic. I mean, it was, you know, I mean, she's not like the Fennec Chan to Boba, Fennec Shand to Boba Fett. Yeah. But still, she's a good supporting character. Too bad she died. I mean, I'd like, I mean she's cool enough to keep her around, but, yeah. you know, obviously, after blowing up usually doesn't do good things for your health so yeah so i don't think she made it (laughs) yeah but i think yeah that scene makes a movie a lot much better because when there's loss yeah it makes it more important like you connect more like yeah like so one of my favorite characters died so this could continue yeah you know so it makes it meaningful it does especially when you didn't do a lot of background work to prepare the audience for it um, that's a sign of a good director and a good performer right there. Uh, so anyways, we transitioned to Vader being informed that the walls have been breached. Uh, Vader orders Reva to stand down. Uh, and we cut back to the fight between Obi-Wan and Ben or uh, Anakin. And Anakin is beating up on Obi-Wan's lightsaber. Did you catch the way he was doing it? I think he was kind of like just hitting like a, I don't know, was it like a baseball bat? Like over yeah, and over, wailing, like bam, bam. Wailing on it. Do you know what that's an Easter egg to? Like when uh, what Luke cuts off Vader's hand in, yeah. in the Cloud City? Yeah, it was almost shot for shot the same way. Like even with uh, Obi-Wan kneeling and everything. Which then makes you wonder like, I know that was not the original intention when they filmed that shot, but if you're a new Star Wars fan and you're like absorbing all of this in at the new time, same time, you could easily make that connection of, oh, Darth Vader is being reminded of what it was like for him and Obi-Wan. Like that's a callback for him in that scene too. Just it gives it a little bit more emotional weight. I won't think of it that way because... I'm just an older fan, and I knew that shot was never intended to be done like that. But for someone newer into the franchise, I could totally see them making that connection. And I think that's kind of cool. Oh, and it totally shows, like, like maybe we said before, like the warning signs. Yeah. Like, okay, he's literally angry with a weapon that can cut you in half. Yeah. And he's he's going to knock the saber out of my hand, but how much of a leap is it for him to go for my neck? Right. You know, I mean, like, okay, time out. 
We need to cool down. <laughs> Why are you so angry? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's Let's like... Do some breathing techniques here. Uh, you know, like, hey, meditation. your personal victory isn't what matters. Mm-hmm. You know, we're part of a group organization that's meant to keep peace in the galaxy. So our job is to protect the public. Yeah. You know, it's not for our own personal glory. Right. You know, because people that are after their own personal glory may just get up and forget the mission completely. Yeah. You know, which, well... What does Vader do? He totally <laughs> goes back on words on the mission and just, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. yeah. That that's when you need to have more tough love. I think you know, like, okay, you're not cut out to be a Jedi here. Give us a saber. <laughs> you yeah, know, give us the saber back. Uh, Quick, freeze them in carbonate. Anyway, um, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, so we see him wailing on Obi Wan, and then um, we also Anakin says. There's no way out, Master, and tells Obi-Wan to admit that he's beaten. Um, and then cuts back to Ben, and he says it's over, and he goes out to surrender. Because, uh, again, he's trying to stall for time. So, again, it's good flashback referencing what's going on now. We see Obi-Wan in a beaten stance in the fight, and Anakin saying it's over to been going out and surrendering right um calling back to the fight and so obi-wan goes and surrenders uh and reva kind of walks up to him and they start whispering to each other and she says she's bringing him to vader and obi-wan corrects her and says no i'm bringing vader to you because he knows what reva's really about and uh says that if she goes and takes the shot, she can do it because all Vader is going to think about and be focused on is Obi-Wan. So mm-hmm. it's her opportunity because he's going to be distracted. Uh, so she agrees to work with him. It cuts back to the fight. We see Anakin disarming Obi-Wan. Um, and then we see Obi-Wan doing the cool maneuver and... Um, force pulling Anakin's lightsaber out of his hand and basically winning the fight, essentially. And he tells Anakin, your need for victory, Anakin, it blinds you. Uh, We cut back to Vader walking in. Very cool. Uh, And Riva says that he's Obi-Wan is secured inside, which then cuts to the next scene. We see Obi-Wan immediately killing killing the two guards and running away. So apparently he's not that secure, but maybe that was planned by both of them. Um, So Leia fixes the door with the help of Lola and um, everyone loads up. It gets out, but um, the communicator that Organa had gets dropped on the ground, which becomes very important. We see Vader stepping in as the ship is taking off. And have you ever played the game The Force Unleashed? Mm-mm. Okay, so this game was bonkers. The creators of this game, video game were like, what if we gave somebody Force powers but on steroids uh, kind of thing? And that's what The Force Unleashed is. Oh, like, Starkiller? I've, yeah, I've heard about yeah, Yeah. Like he pulls a Star Destroyer down to the ground and destroys it kind of thing. Like his power level is just off the charts. That's essentially what this reminded me of in it. It also reminded me of Ray and uh, 
whatever I think it was the third one where she grabs the whole of the shuttle. Oh yeah, her and Kylo leave. Ren are fighting over. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so it reminds me of that, and it's really cool because you could see like the ship shuttering and everything, and and Vader just subdues it and come brings it back on the ground, and then he just rips it apart uh, with this force power. Like man, this is cool seeing Vader just go ham like this on this ship, but. Just like what happened in the fight, uh, Obi-Wan outsmarts Vader, and apparently there's another ship that's hiding in the background that takes off while Vader is distracted, tearing this ship apart, looking for him. Um, I went back and rewatched that scene like twice, trying to find this ship. Could not find it anywhere in the scene, uh, but it was also kind of cloudy, so I'm just going to say, you know what, the clouds and the smoke were hiding it from from everything but i could not find it in the scene and supposedly it was right behind the other ship yeah maybe they got and maybe like i thought about you know remember thinking about why didn't he grab the ship the second ship too i've heard that from other people as well yeah and maybe they got just far enough away you know with enough <laughs> velocity that he couldn't grab it uh I maybe know. i don't know it's like it's but like it's in a, the plot yeah it's like in episode three when vader meets obi-wan and obi-wan gets away because there's like supposedly this wall of flame i was like there's a million different ways vader could have handled that one he could have jumped over it two he could have just grabbed both of them with his force powers and lifted them up through the flames uh three he where his cape is actually canon it's flame retardant so he could just walk through it if he wanted to his armor that he wears it's designed for all sorts of terrain. Like he can literally survive the vacuum of space in that armor right there. Like the, I read one book, I think it was Lords of the Sith, where he is like literally walking on the outside of a ship. So there's a lot of things that he could have done to cross that. But whatever, we're not going to think about it too hard because uh, we need Obi-Wan to get away. And it makes <laughs> you, you know? wonder, did he just want Obi-Wan, did he want to torture him for a while? Like he... He didn't want him to end quickly. He wanted the suffering to go on. So he's like, I'm, you're going to suffer. All right, yeah, you, you can get away. I'll come get you again. You know, like some of those people that want to repeat hurting you over and over. Like they don't want it to end. Maybe he secretly likes the chase kind of thing. Or, yeah. Or he just wants to punish him that much. Like he hates. But he I feel like if you want to punish him, you're, just, you're not going to let him go. You're going to take him with you back to your castle and then torture him whenever you want. I think, though, that the anticipation of maybe it happening again, like them catching us again, because then Vader it also is getting the people that are with him. It would fit his profile because, like, in episode, like, two, <laughs> Anakin is, like, trying to schmooze on Padme. And Padme's like, you're creeping me out. Stop right, yeah. it. And then he gives that weird creeper look. And he's like, yes, my lady. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, maybe it's that there's like that weird, sick desire to like keep, you know, chasing him when he's not wanted. I don't know. Yeah. Well, obviously, I mean, it, yeah. I mean, he, he's so in holds on to things, maybe, you know, like, I mean, because yeah. he hadn't seen Penny for 10 years. But, you know, I mean, I don't know how many people hold the flame that long, you know, like. Yeah, especially since you were like eight years old when you yeah, first met her. Was, yeah, it was <laughs> and like, she was like what sixteen or something. Something, yeah. Yeah, it was weird. You know, I mean, but yeah, it's. I mean, Vader is just one of those menacing people that he checks all the bad guy marks off. Oh yeah, you know, like he 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 can be mean in whatever way it needs to be. You know. Yeah. And here's what I wish they would have done in episode one is I wish they would have 
aged Anakin up to be near the same age as Padme. Uh, and I wish you'd got to see more of the brutal side of slavery in it, like seeing yeah. Anakin or his mom like beaten or mistreated more. Because honestly, like even though they were kind of they were slaves technically, they had their own place. He could go wherever he wanted. He could like build his own stuff. Like in a lot of ways, they just felt like a really poor family that worked for this like really not so great guy. Right. You know, they they didn't feel like slaves, but if you saw them being like horribly mistreated, that would make more sense to me as to why Anakin was able to go to the dark side of it because this is the kind of stuff that he was grown up being around you know and and you can also look at that and view it as i'm not in a physical cage but this person that owns me still controls has sway over where i am so it's still a cage you're still you're still restricted from doing what you want yeah yeah so and i think that i don't know who knows that could be even more cruel because it's like okay you can have all this stuff but i'm always you know you can only go as far as i tell you yeah. So that's true. Uh, either way, slavery is a messed up thing and uh, it sucks. But so we go back to the show and, um, you know, we were talking about, let me see here. Oh, yeah. So the ship escapes. Uh, Darth Vader didn't really do anything for some reason. <laughs> um, and oh, yeah. Yeah, so he's ripping apart the ship, right? And then we cut to Ben using the force grab on Anakin's lightsaber. And Ben tells Anakin, you're a great warrior, Anakin, but you need to prove yourself. Your need to prove yourself is your undoing. And then we cut back to Vader staring at the sky as the ship is left. And I think that's cool because he's probably replaying that scene in his head. uh, Because it's so similar to the fight that they had. And... That's when Reva sneaks up behind him to do her classical uh, prison guard shank mm-hmm. uh, kind of thing. You know, it's what she does best. If there was ever a fighting game, I hope that she, that would be a move she could do. If they call it the shank, shank on the back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, she tries to do that. I wrote down in all caps, bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he like stops her with the force and just slowly turned around. <laughs> I wish there was like a pause on Riva's face when he does that. And like titles pop up and that's what she knew. <laughs> this was a bad idea. <laughs> like have little thought bubbles in her head. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. oh, <laughs> I am so hosed. You know, yeah. you know, because exactly. like. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's so, it's showing Vader's power. He's like, I know what you're doing. Yeah. I know you can't hurt me. Right. I, 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 I know every move you're making and now I'm going to make you look bad just so I can enjoy it. You know? Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, it was, it was really funny. Yeah. So we get this really cool fight scene where Vader is again, just playing with his food and he's toying with her. He's not even bothering to pull out his lightsaber because that's how unthreatened he feels right now against her. And to be fair to Riva, she actually has some cool moves. Like, I like the way she's, like, sliding and rolling around Vader to try to, like, outmaneuver him and get the upper mm-hmm. hand. It's just Vader's too good. He's too strong. And then finally, she grabs her lightsaber and does, like, the spinning action with it. And it's cool Vader stopping the spinning action with his force power and then just ripping the lightsaber away from her, like the way Ben does to him. 
and just kind of snaps it in half. And then he tosses one half, like, all right, you want a duel? Let's see what you got. Yeah, here. I'll let Here's, you have this. Go yeah, ahead. yeah, yeah. I'll spot you one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you, you wanted your shot at me? All right, I'll give you your shot. Let's see what you got. And, uh, again, he just is just dominating her. It's just, it's yeah, it's totally disrespecting someone. Like, it's, it's letting them know how bad you have them beaten. Yeah. You know, like, you have no chance, and I'm just going to enjoy letting you know that yeah. And then I'll kill you later. Right, because he's probably frustrated because Obi Wan got away again. <laughs> yeah, so maybe he wants to enjoy this, like yeah, like it's you know, exactly. And, I don't know. Maybe everybody knows. Well, we all know that Vader lives, so we know that Reva's <laughs> yeah. Reva's not going to succeed in her mission. You know, it's yeah, like yeah. no matter like, what, it's yeah. like girlfriend, you haven't been around that long, and this dude's bad. Um, <laughs> yeah. you might want to take my advice, and we can do it together. Right, right. He finally defeats her, and she's kneeling on the ground. And I thought this was so cool. Even though I'm not a fan of her character, I just thought the directing was so well done in this. The The way it was, because it cuts back and forth between her as an adult now kneeling before Vader and then her as a child when Anakin's coming. And the way they cut the shots, it makes it look like the adult version of her is looking at Anakin and then the child version of her is looking at Vader. And I thought, wow, that's so visually cool and interesting how they cut those shots and together. Show, and showing her experience those feelings of powerlessness. Yes. And like, helplessness. I mean, like, all there's nothing over I can do. Again. He has me. Like, yeah. You know, he had me then. He has me now. Yeah. You know, and there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah, exactly. Like, you really got uh, such a good sense of what she was feeling in that moment as Vader's looming over her. I thought that was so good. So well done. One of my favorite uh, scenes. Yeah. The whole fight scene was amazing too between Anakin and Ben. So well done because it's like a game of of chess, right? Like Vader and Obi-Wan are just playing a game of chess together because they never actually meet this episode. Like that's the crazy part about it. And yet the whole time they were trying to outmaneuver each other and they were all basing it on the shared memory they had of this fight that's what stood out to both of them so i just i loved it i loved this episode overall i thought it was so good uh so right before he gives her the whole stabby stab uh the grand inquisitor comes back (laughs) and he's like i'm back (laughs) uh and i mean we don't really know how he's back he's just like i'm back you thought you got rid of me you didn't yeah, and everybody's glad he's back because, like, you could already, already hear people going, okay, like, on on YouTube or whatever, going, well, this has been a plot hole because <laughs> the Grand Inquisitor is alive there. Well, so. actually, your Grand Inquisitor can't die because he came rebel. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. He's got plot armor. We can't have an obvious <laughs> inconsistency. Right. You know. Right. But it, it adds to the how much Vader had already had her outmaneuvered. Yeah. I mean, he knew, you know, he already knew she was the Padawan that lived. And who knows? Maybe the Grand Quizzer knew she was going to st- stab him. And, but, you know. Maybe. I mean, he, they, so they. There is a, a a line that he has in Rebels where he talks to Ezra and he says, there are worse things than death. Um, and so maybe he's referring to, like, how he was brought back from the den. I don't know. Uh, but I thought that was interesting. Also, nobody dies from gut wounds anymore. Like, he got stabbed in the gut. He lives. Reva gets stabbed in the gut, and it looks like she's going to live, too. Yeah, uh, gut wounds are bad news. I mean, especially, well, 
and back realize, in Wild yeah. West, you got shot in the gut. I mean, that's death sentence. You know, because you're hitting you know, all that internal stuff. But I mean, it is the future. So I mean, if you're still alive, they can maybe they can save you. Well, somehow. they probably all have robot guts by now, anyway. So you just pop out one gear and replace it with another gear. Hey, yeah, I mean, hey, it works. Hey, who cares? <laughs> yeah. Now I don't have to eat. Yeah, exactly. Much, you know, I mean, whatever. You know, <laughs> exactly. Although I do like eating, so if. If uh, you tell me you could live an extra 10 years, but you can't eat anymore, I'm sorry. I, I, homeboy's got to eat. Well, you know what I mean? Then you just get to have like a little box inside. You know, the food goes there. <laughs> it shoots out. When you're, oh, yeah. And the you receptacle. still get to enjoy eating it, but none of the weight gain. <laughs> hey, all right. Now you got me sold. You know, again, like that's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And the Grand Inquisitor makes a reference to leaving her back in the gutter where they found her. Um but this is when she finds, as she's laying in the dirt, she finds Organa's communicator. And although he, she can't make everything out because it's broken and beat up, she does hear Owen Tatooine, the boy. And she re- saw both Obi-Wan and Owen talking together. So it's like, okay, I may not know everything, but I know this is important to Obi-Wan. So I'm going back there. That's my next best lead for it. And, and who knows? I mean, because she's basically been left there. So this may be where she redeems herself because she, who knows, realizes that, hey, my whole life has been about revenge. Yeah. It didn't work. You know, but who knows? I mean, maybe, maybe there's a redemption arc for her. I think that's Or she can just possible. be like a gray character. You know, she goes out into the galaxy at wide and does whatever she does, you know, because she does have some good facets. I mean, especially like, you know, the intimidating and her, or something sides to her, you know? Well, I don't find her that intimidating, but I do find that the actress, uh, especially I think it was episode three. I actually liked her in that episode because she wasn't the, ah, I'm so angry. Uh, inquisitor she was a little bit more reserved and and subtle so honestly i wouldn't mind the idea of her being like a gray jedi or something like that where she's like more neutral and doesn't really take a side to it it would kind of remind me of honestly she could be a almost like a reverse mirror for ahsoka because ahsoka would be considered a gray jedi as well but she probably leans a little bit more to the light Reva could be a gray Jedi that probably leans a little bit more to the dark. Like your dirty Harry of Jedi, you know? Yeah, like, you know. yeah. I'd be cool with that uh, if they decide to keep her around. Yeah, I mean, and they also had, like, the other Inquisitors. Like, uh, like in Rebels, you know, Fifth Brother, you know, he, he, he got knocked off quick. But the guy <laughs> who's playing the Fifth Brother in this series, Obi-Wan, yeah. really looks, it, as a character, it looks cool. Like, he looks, yeah, like, I like, he looks like he should be, he looks like he's trouble. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, of course, you know, I mean, we, we can always have him do cool stuff, too. I mean, yeah, you know, because you got the other, there's like, what is it? It's not second sister that's there, is it? The other no. Inquisitor, she's she's one of the sisters, but she's not one, you know. Yeah, the, she's there, but she's not, maybe she's like fifth sister or something, I forget. Something, yeah, because I don't, yeah, but, you know, there's a lot you can do with the Inquisitors, too. Mm-hmm. I mean... You can have them constantly chasing people and like, the okay, the rebels are trying to bypass them. You know, I mean, there's a lot you can do. Yeah. Because there's not a whole lot of canon on them. So you can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a win-win because, okay, they, we know they're not around or at least we don't hear of them, you know, in the, in the later series. Right. Yeah. So, so you can do whatever you want. Yeah. At some point, they probably get wiped out. 
you know, at some point. Like you're no longer useful to us. Yeah. 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 That's probably how they do get wiped out. Actually, it's probably Vader's just like, all right, my use for you is done because Vader doesn't really care about these guys anyway. Like he's just using them like he does everything else. So, yeah, I'm with you. Uh yeah, and then it ends with the cool shot of it zooming into Luke's house and then hovering over his, Luke's bed with the like the dramatic music going on, and then it cuts out. I thought, man, this was a great episode. Mm-hmm. Like a really good episode. I'm torn. Honestly, I'm torn between an 8 or a 9 out of 10 for hmm. this. What are you thinking? Um. I think I'd give it a nine if I had to make a stab. I mean, it was good. I I enjoyed. I mean, it's a series like heck. I'll it's on my it's gonna it'd be on my favorites. Yeah. You know, Disney Plus. Would you rewatch favorite. it? I think it's it can be definitely rewatchable. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, because if something's enjoyable, you just gotta wait long enough till you kind of forget some of the details and you yeah. watch it again and you can enjoy it all you over again. It. You know, yeah. that's what I want to do with the Mandalorian. To be honest, is I want to rewatch that series. Well, yeah, and now with them changing that, what the lead actor on that. But they're changing the lead actor. Yeah, I, uh, from, well, no. What I see, yeah, Pascal got fired, and they hired the guy that was what? That was uh, the new Judge Dredd. I think he was in like Carl one Urban? Riddick Chronicles of Riddick. He was the one Necromonger guy. Yeah, that's Carl Urban. S- supposedly, I from no, what I've seen, I he's, refuse to believe that. I mean, I don't know. I've seen it all over. I mean, I've seen it a lot. I mean, who knows? You know, because I mean, you know, you you hear. It, you know, I mean, if it's on the internet, it's got to be true, right? <laughs> right I mean, right, right, yeah. so especially if it's on YouTube. So, uh, but I'm looking that up right but, now. But I think it would be hard to, they would have to keep his helmet on the whole time, or it'd be kind of like, eh, it's kind of weird. It's not the same dude, you know? Yeah. So, so Carl Urban debunks rumor that Lucasfilm has fired Star. Oh, okay. Well, I guess I'm Star. wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. I was like, that would be. Nuts if they got rid of Pedro Pascal. Gee, I thought okay, I thought they did. All right, well, I'm glad I'm wrong. I mean, yeah, <laughs> really, because yeah, because he's one of those people like he's not James Bond where it's like it's just the name is just a code word for who they are. It'd be a different person. Like, how yeah. do you explain? Like, yeah, and he doesn't even look anything like. It'd be Pedro. like to the whole staff, you know, to all the all the uh, fans. Do the Jedi mind trick on everybody. This is the <laughs> yeah. same dude, you know. Yeah. You know, even yeah. though Carl Urban's awesome, I mean, he's I like the stuff I see him in. Yeah, it it would just be a little too weird. Yeah, although I do want to see Carl Urban play the Wolverine. I've been watching the boys. And I'm like, man, he'd do such a good Wolverine. I'd love him in the Wolverine. What I want to see is IG88 in 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 yes. the Mandalorian or something like that. Because we saw IG11, but IG88 is the one you hear about. You know, right. so it'd be kind of cool to see him because he actually fights Boba Fett in at least in the old. Yeah. Legacy books. Yeah. Do you want them to make a season two of Boba Fett? If I, I don't. If it's going to be more of this, I don't want it. If if they turn it into more of him doing what we saw in the books, like he's going on missions, like he's taking dudes out, like he's not sitting like some godfather. He's yeah. There's bad guys that threaten his holding, so he goes here to get him. He goes there to get him. Almost, almost make it like the Mandalorian, almost. Yeah. And it he's going on missions to drop people. Well, it's weird because the Mandalorian feels more like Boba Fett than Boba Fett does. You know what I mean? Like the man. When I think about the character of the Mandalorian, like obviously there's like the whole religious background and this is the way and whatnot. But just like the way he acts and he conducts himself, like he reminds me, especially in the beginning before he met uh, Baby Yoda, he reminds me a lot of what I would have expected out of 
Boba Fett. I think he's not nearly as maybe ruthless, or because Boba Fett was. You know, everything I read, he was about the mission. Chops a guy in half because he doesn't want to. Yeah, but he go also in. does the save the village stuff and stuff <laughs> yeah, like that. But and I, I don't mean, know if I see Boba Fett doing that. Like, but he only started doing that after he met Baby Yoda, though. Well, that's true. Baby Yoda would change anybody. Yeah. I mean, yeah. How how could you not change I mean, to Baby Yoda? We didn't even need that. You know, superfluous name Grogu. Who cares? Yeah, we're not no, gonna call him that Yoda. anyway. You know, he's he's Baby Yoda. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's their fault for not giving Baby Yoda a name for two seasons. Yeah, because he doesn't need one now. I mean, yeah, he doesn't need one now. He I mean, now he's typecasted for the rest of his life. He's Baby Yoda <laughs> yeah, forever. Yeah. But um, I think if they if they turn the Book of Boba Fett into who we wanted him to be, because Fennec Shand. She was as billed. Like, she went through that whole series wrecking everybody. Yeah. You know, if she they was tur- doing a lot of what I was expecting Boba Fett to do. Right. So, if they turn him into what we expected, like, he's going on missions, he's bounty hunting people, he's taking out bad guys. I mean, he can just, every episode, just drop, hunt down in different ways these different guys that are against him. I'd be happy. I don't even need a plot. Yeah. You know, who cares? I mean, because all I want to see is Boba Fett kicking the stank out of people. Well, it's, it's interesting, right? Because, like, in the teaser that they did, for the Boba Fett show is they showed him arriving at um, the palace Mm -hmm. at Jabba the Hutt's palace. And he's talking to, I forget the guy's name. Oh, Jabba's assistant. Yeah. Whatever his name is, but he just straight up shoots and kills him and then takes the throne. You're like, yeah, that's exactly what Boba Fett would do. So like you walk into it thinking, yeah, that's what Boba Fett's going to do. If you mess with him, he's just going to shoot you and kill you. He's an anti-villain, right? Or anti-hero, right? Right. So, I mean, and it shows you need to shut up after like, you know, if you, you're already had, you know, this dude, no, isn't buying. Right. Oh, we thought you were dead boy. We didn't do anything. You know, <laughs> no, 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 you know like, dude, yeah. Um, you, you probably want to shut up and start groveling from the get go, you know? <laughs> right, right. Uh, so it was so weird because the tone that they set for the show is so different than the actual show. Right. We thought, I mean, you see that and we're like, we're getting Boba Fett. Cause I, I've ever seen it and I think I had to text him and I'm like, I am so geeked out right now. Yeah. I'm like, you <laughs> yeah. know, like so pumped, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, hopefully they, they can change it. Cause I think they obviously have to have probably heard the fans, how, how they felt that we, now Bo, the series of Boba Fett wasn't bad. I still like, it was still good. But what we really want is just to see him often people. <laughs> That's yeah. all we want. I mean, I did enjoy the Rancor fight at the end. I thought that was fun. I did make a lot of sense to me, but I thought it was fun. So I'm like, this is fun. I don't care if it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the rest of the show, I don't know. I wasn't a, a fan. It just felt so all over the place of, hey, we're going to go do these things. And oh, yeah, those two huts right there. Yeah, they're going to be important. Oh, wait, nope, they're not important. They're leaving. Yeah, there's there some stuff that didn't... I wish they would, wouldn't have done two episodes of Mandalorian Season 3. Yeah. I mean, because it's Boba Fett. I don't want to yeah, see a whole episode so of Mando. Bizarre. So I mean, bizarre. I mean, it, they were good. They were, they were, they were, they good were amazing episodes, episodes. But this is Boba's show. Yeah. You know, and it's like... It feels almost disrespectful that you don't... You, the guy creating this show don't believe in the merits of this show. And I think they had different directors for different episodes of the book of Boba Fett. Yeah, but they have and, and so I think I think it's again maybe shows. seeing like I don't know, maybe what happened in the, the final trilogy of di- people having different visions and it not connecting together. Yeah. You know, well, and, there, yeah, something was off. I mean, in, in that series. You know, 
And everybody makes fun of the Power Rangers. I mean, everybody's like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I think what so they should bad. have done instead of the vehicles they made. What? Just they're just take... teenagers with attitudes, Justin. I don't get the Power Rangers reference. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, they should have made the speeders. They should have made their speeder bikes look like just regular old speeder bikes out of Return of the Jedi. They yeah. can bling them up all they want, but they still, still look, look like speeders yeah, instead it of. Was so out of, did not fit at all with that world. It was it was kind of odd, and and the poor way the Gamorreans went out. I mean, the poor guys didn't even get a shot, and they just fell over the, the ditch. You know, it's like, yeah, oh, man, I kind of almost feel bad for the guys. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, dude, yeah. all I've got is a hatchet. <laughs> it's a world with laser pistols. <laughs> yeah, what, why do I, I have, have just a hatchet? A hatchet? <laughs> what am I gonna do with that? Throw it at someone. I'm yeah. obviously the red shirt of this episode. <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty brutal for them um yeah well anyways that's all we've got for today's episode justin it was great having you it has been a pleasure yeah always enjoy hearing uh your thoughts your experiences especially because you have so much connection with the legacy i really feel like you're able to add um perspective that neither travis or i can add to it because we're not as familiar with the legacy canon as you are with it so it was a, a pleasure i'm sure we'll have you back on and, and fans future. especially if you want to see me back again and help me on my rise to power <laughs> yeah. make sure to like <laughs> this podcast and tell your friends about it oh yeah oh yeah i gotta do the closing out for, yeah. for that. travis always does that now okay yeah so uh please like our uh show we are on um apple spotify stitcher google Podcasts and anchor if you listen to stuff on anchor um if you have any questions we'd love to hear back from you guys or if you have any thoughts that you feel like we didn't cover or there was something that we missed please email us at dorky and desperate at gmail.com you can also follow us on our twitter at dorky underscore desperate um, for any n- new updates on the show, Travis and I are going to be figuring out, okay, what new show are we going to be covering once this one ends? We're still kind of debating and, and talking it out, but hopefully we'll be able to update you guys on our Twitter about that. So again, Justin, thank you so much. Uh, all of you listening at home or in your cars or wherever you are, thank you so much for taking your time out of the day where you literally could have done anything you wanted to actually stop and listen to us blabber on about Star Wars for almost two hours. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. All right. Bye, everybody. Look forward to the next episode with you. Bye. Bye. See you soon. Bye.